Hi, welcome to Harvest Church Podcast. We pray that as you listen today, you are blessed and encouraged. Thank you so much for listening in. If you want any more information about our ministry, we'd love you to jump onto our website, harvestaustralia.org. Have a great day. Strategies for keeping peace. And I think this is a a big issue right now. And if we can learn how to be bigger in keeping our peace, then our message is very powerful to the world we live in right now. Because the world doesn't have answers. Uh, The world has band-aids and the world has some strategies and it has some methodologies. But ultimately, to actually arrive at peace... In the inner being of a person, it can only be found through Christ. There's plenty of other things and and we can find comforts and we can find distractions and we can find other methods. But ultimately, inner peace is only found in Christ. And interestingly enough, one of his names is the Prince of Peace. Someone stole it. You get an A. (laughs) The Prince of Peace. The one we worship is the Prince of Peace. The one we worship that we're meant to emanate and be like and imitate is actually the Prince of Peace, the answer to mental illness today, the answer to anxiety and stress and pressure and confusion and strife and worry and fear and all of this crushing pressure which is on modern day society we have the prince of him inside of us sometimes we've just got to get in there and find him we've got to search him out where's the solutions what are you saying lord what are you saying in this situation and so i want to give you maybe some things i'm sure many of you have tried these things before and and live out these things but these are some things and Funnily enough, as I was worshipping, I'm thinking, I'm thinking of about 10 new ones. I didn't add them to the list, but they were probably better than these. So um, I'm sure you'll think of a whole lot more. But I'm telling you, sometimes we've got to actively fight to keep peace. In this modern day and age, we have to go after peace like nothing else. Because the world wants to suffocate us with pressure and stress and busyness and confusion And you're not good enough, you're not doing enough, you're not successful enough, you're not like those other people. And it makes you feel lesser than when Jesus wants you to feel more than abundant life. And so the first one is perspective. Sometimes when we take stock and we get some perspective in life, we realize our lives are not that bad. We realize what we're going through right now really is quite insignificant. Even though we're feeling the pressure of maybe not seeing the outcome that we want or not having the success or not the fruit that we desire in our lives. When we actually take stock or maybe we think there's crushing issues going on in our lives, when we get perspective, kingdom perspective I'm talking about, we realize that A, we're only here on earth for a certain amount of time. We also realize that we aren't the Messiah, He is. And then we realize that our problems, we can cast them onto him. Let's read from Matthew chapter 6, verses 26 and 27. It says, Look at the birds of the air. They do not sow, 
or reap or store away in barns, and yet your heavenly Father feeds them. Are you not much more valuable than they? Can any one of you, by worrying, add a single hour to your life? Worry, 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 worry. Fretting is another word. And the Bible has a lot to say about fretting in Psalms, has a lot to say about anxiety. In fact, in this passage, if you've got NASB, you'll see that the title says, Cure for Anxiety. In this, this passage, Matthew chapter 6. And the whole thing, we'll read a little bit more later, the whole thing is about do not worry. Do not worry. Now, easier said than done. I know that's what you're thinking, especially when there's a whole lot of stuff going on. But it's one of these things that we have to actively fight for because our world is attacking us with anti-peace all the time. And, and the only thing we have sometimes is our own ability to take stock, get perspective, use whatever strength or weakness you have, and just realize that you have the Prince of Peace ahead of you. He has given you an advocate, and his name is Holy Spirit. He has given us weapons of warfare. We exercised a great weapon of warfare this morning called worship. I don't know about you, but sometimes if there's just mayhem going on and you have no idea what else to do, if you put on some worship, um, mine lately is skillet, which is a little bit different, but, you know, that, that's, that's an alternative. But you just put on some worship music, you'll find you reach a place of breakthrough that you can't get any other way because worship is a supernatural weapon that we have. God has given you worship as a weapon. If you have confusion this week, try it. Try it. Fight the enemy with that weapon. I remember when our business was in absolute chaos and I thought things really couldn't get any worse and then the next day would begin and things would get worse. I remember once the kids were at school and, and Karen had gone out somewhere. Um, I think she was doing things around here. And uh, I would put on a particular song with a shofar, with Rick Pino screaming at top note, just screaming out his lungs with drums and stuff. I don't know. It was just a mess of prophetic stuff. And it was what I needed at the time. You know what I mean? Sometimes there's a particular song or album or just a crazy guy like Rick Pino that you just need to help you break through. Well, I needed that. And so I would put it on very loud. I know the neighbors were annoyed at me. But every morning they woke up to that. It's just like, yep, there goes, there goes Rick Pino again. And um, anyway, and I'd, I'd get, it would just get me through the morning, get out of my mental state, get out of those depressive thoughts, get me out of that place so that I could walk in victory. Here's the opposite version of that. When I first started a sales rep job at, at the fiberglass pipe company that I ended up buying, um, the first year was horrible. Absolutely horrible. I absolutely hated it. I had a very controlling boss, and uh, they actually controlled everything I did, and, and I felt just absolutely squashed. Ever felt like that? I was micromanaged to the hilt, and it was very good for me. I'll be honest with you. It taught me some very good lessons. However, I didn't think that at the time. But I remember driving to work at, to, over to Lonsdale at Old Factory, and I remember driving to work looking at McDonald's on junk food corner, wishing I was just making McMuffins for people's breakfast. <laughs> Honestly, I'm just driving past going, I wish I worked there because at least there's no stress, I thought. <laughs> now, those people probably drive past the factory and think, I just wish I had a factory job, you know. 
But it's interesting perspective, isn't it? And so when we're in that situation, now, what did I do in that situation? I hated it so much. Here's my outlet. It wasn't exactly a weapon of warfare. At lunchtime, I would hang for 12 o'clock. I'd look, oh, great, I'm getting out of here. So I knew I had half an hour. I'd drive to Junk Food Corner, to Hungry Jack's. I would buy a, a burger meal, the biggest one I could find, and I would just scoff it down. Now, this is what sometimes we do when we're under pressure or stress. And uh, it's, it's, it was one of my tactics. You know, it didn't work. I felt terrible afterwards. But, boy, for that three minutes while it's going down, you know... It does something, doesn't it? Anyway, so I'd, I'd drive back and just see out the afternoon. And I wasn't into coffee back then, so I didn't have that as, as a vice. But, um, but it's interesting what we go for in life. We go for things, don't we, when we're under pressure or when we're hitting stress or when we have anxiety and situations going on. And so perspective is a powerful, powerful thing. Now, None of those situations lasted too long, thank God. And then he trains and he builds up. And there's always a battle before a victory. You can't have a victory unless you have a battle. So if you're going through a battle right now, that's good. At the end of it, you either die or you get victory. Either way, it's a promotion. Second one is to forgive. Now, this one, this will make the room go quiet. It's interesting that so often we can wrestle on human issues when our fight is not with humans. The Bible said it, says it's not flesh and blood. It's those principalities, those invisible things out there, rulers of this dark world. And so sometimes when we get perspective and we realize that our stress is not coming from that person who might have offended us, even though they're very annoying, it's actually coming from a different place. And it's, it's one of those tests of character. How do we react? I did this in the last month. I had a situation where, where uh, something was taken that I said in a very toxic way and, and used in a negative format. Uh, and it wasn't, wasn't delivered in that way or in the spirit of that at all. And so I had a real test in the last month. Of how am I going to treat that? Now, I'm going to be honest with you. Um, sometimes we can justify our um, holy wrath um, when really it's just anger. But the Bible says, don't let the sun go down on your anger. So you're allowed to be angry for a little while. But it just depends what you do in that anger. And so I was. I was righteously angry. And I let the Lord know about it. I let Buddy, our dog, know about it. I had a few roos who were just looking at me. What on earth is this dude doing? But I give you permission to do that. Just go and let it out. Sometimes we bottle it all up. We stuff it all in and think we've got to be so prissy and holy. And, and so for month after month, we might be sitting on something when sometimes we just need for half an hour to get out in the bush or go to the beach and just get it out of your system. And if people hear you, well, tough luck. You know, it might not be their salvation moment for street evangelism, depending on what you're saying. <laughs> Ever wondered why Jesus snuck away regularly? <laughs> Just slipped away from the crowd. <laughs> we need outlets, don't we? If you bottle it up, it sticks in there and it does things to us. It's not good. 
And so sometimes we just got to get it out. And so anyway, I realized I'd done that and I just had to work through stuff. And then straight away, you know, you, you know when you're, 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 you can go down the angry track, you can feel, feel it building up, building up. You can get angrier and then you get angry at being angry and then you get angrier and angrier and angrier. And so the anger feeds anger. Uh, but then lo and behold, up comes Holy Spirit in there as well, saying, all right, you've had enough now. I'm sick of listening to your whinge. Now it's time to forgive. Now it's time to forgive. So we begin to step in the spirit. And, and so I, I was doing this and, and, and angry versus spirit are warring against each other in there for a little while. And it might take a few minutes just for spirit to, to win out and to overcome. But that's okay. I actually believe that's okay. That's the flesh and spirit at war with one another. And as long as spirit wins, then we're on the right side. And so forgiveness is a powerful tool. 1 John 1.9 says this, If we confess our sins, he is faithful and just and will forgive us our sins and purify us from all unrighteousness. And so in that situation, sometimes we might need to forget, for, ask the Lord, confess. We might need to confess with our mouth and say, this is how I'm feeling. See, confessing is getting it out. It's just getting it out. Lord, this is how I'm feeling. I'm sorry. This is just how I'm feeling. And my reactions are this. And just be honest with him. Be raw with him. Get it right out there. And then when we do that, we ask him to forgive us and wash us. And, and somehow, even if my brain doesn't feel holy and righteous, just make me righteous. And he says he will. He says he will if we confess our sin. And at the same time, we're releasing, mate, if it's a person in particular that we need to forgive, we're releasing them from our judgments. We're releasing them from our bitterness. We're releasing them from things that maybe they don't even deserve, but that's the grace of God, isn't it? So then we're operating in kingdom, in the kingdom of God. And so forgiving is a powerful place of peace. I want to give you a really practical one, and, and you're going to say this is a, a, just a, a, a bent of mine, and it is. I don't know about you, but more and more in the West, we're learning the power of exercise, and I was looking on a, an Australian government website, and I know a lot of you have seen, seen commercials and, you, you know, you know all this, so I'm just going to give you a rehash of stuff you already know. The issue is, are you doing it? And, uh, but I was reading a government website statistics on, on just health and wellness, particularly related to, to mental health. It's just a thing I'm really into right now and reading a lot about, particularly men's mental health, but, but in general, because I, I think as kingdom people, we've got to find some solutions to this thing. It's a, just massive. But let me read you from that particular website, government health website, healthdirect.gov.au. It says this. I'm going to read you the whole thing. Exercise has many benefits, not only for your physical health, but also, also your mental health. In your brain, exercise stimulates chemicals that improve your mood and the parts of the brain responsible for memory and learning. Exercise can make you feel better, even if you're not feeling okay. It can reduce the risk of illnesses like heart and lung disease, high blood pressure, diabetes, obesity, cancer, dementia, Alzheimer's disease and Parkinson's disease. Exercise helps people recover uh, from a stroke and many other illnesses and conditions. Exercise also helps you lose weight if you want to, which is good for your health overall and for your self-esteem. Exercise makes you feel good because it releases chemicals like endorphins and serotonin that improve your mood. It can also get you out in the world, help you reduce any feelings of loneliness and isolation and put you in touch with other people. If you exercise regularly, it can reduce your stress and symptoms of mental health conditions like depression, anxiety, uh, and help re recovery from mental health issues. Exercise also helps improve your sleep 
which is important in many ways. The last little bit. Exercise pumps blood to the brain, which should make you think more clearly. It increases the size of the hippocampus, the part of the brain responsible for memory. It also increases the connections between the nerve cells in the brain. This improves your memory and helps protect your brain against injury and disease. The Australian government guidelines recommend adults do at least 30 minutes of moderate to intensive physical activity on most or all days of the week. It's interesting, isn't it? Because this, this stuff, and, and I think about how little Paul talked about exercise, but he actually did talk about exercise. Jesus didn't talk about it much, but he walked everywhere. Um, and so in that day and age, why would they need to preach on exercise? They're always doing exercise. So that's why it's not filled in Scripture, because it was part of who they were. It was just everyday life. And uh, 30 minutes would have just been a, a walk to the bathhouse, I suppose, you know. But uh, that picture probably has just distracted a whole lot of you. But it's a powerful, powerful thing when we realize God has solutions right in front of you, right in front of you. And, and some of these things are, are sitting there. The world knows a lot of this stuff. And, and so we've got to be smart. We've got to be smart. We can't just say this stuff and then not actually activate it. It's powerful. The more and more you look into physical movement and the power of it, the more you will have a personal health revival. You will. I guarantee you will. And, uh, I mean, it's, it's, if nothing else, you'll go for a run and you'll get a high. I mean, if you, if you did drugs when you were younger because you liked a high, then go for it. Go for it. It's free. It's healthy. It's good. And so God's put a lot of these things in place for us. They're tools. They're tools to keep our mental health. They're tools to keep our peace. And sometimes, I don't know about you, but if you're facing stuff and if there's stress, especially if it's something you can't really control, they're the wor- that's the worst stress. I personally find financial pressure is one of the worst stress. Um, I don't know why. It's, I think that's just because it's an area that I've really over the years had some massive challenges with. But uh, I'm, I'm completely adverse to it now. So, you know, um, it's just one of those things that if, if I come up with a fantastical idea for, for business or, you know, our school or church, my first thought is I don't want any financial pressure. Just don't even come up with a clever thing if it's going to put us under financial burden. Now, I've got to be careful that's not lack of faith as well, rah, rah, rah. However, it's one of those things that I've had to battle and gain victory over. You'll have situations in your life that might be other things. And so we've got to recognize those areas. And the next point I've got, and this is one of the biggest keys that Karen and I, I would have to say, that we live with in every area of our life, and I call it buffer. Just say that word out loud after me, buffer. It's a beautiful word. Buffer. Have buffer in every area of your life. Never, never be on the edge to dropping off a cliff, whether it's on your energy, whether it's with people, contact. Some of you are just too many people time is just exhaustive. Don't do all that then. Give yourself buffer. Have buffer in your life. Have buffer financially. Even if, even if you've got the mortgage and the bills like everyone else, 
Try and build in some buffer because there'll be a time where you need it. It's the same with your energy. It's the same with your health. It's the same relationally with people. We don't burn everything in two weeks with someone we just first meet. We, we do things methodically and we actually build in buffer and we build in a consistency and a reliability so that we're not just up and down and up and down, but we have longevity in our lives. And when we have longevity, we have stability. And when we have stability, people can trust us. And they can trust us because they know that, yes, I love you, but I'm not going to burn myself just on you because I've got to have buffer in my life for me because I'm going to respect myself because if I don't respect myself, how can I respect you? If I don't love myself, how can I love you? And so actually learning to have buffer in our lives is a powerful, powerful thing. And Trying to, trying to work that in all areas of your life, you're going to find a whole lot of stress starts to drop off your life. might take the next year to do it because sometimes we pressure ourselves in so many areas. Pressure here, pressure there, pressure here. You know, it's, it's interesting. I used to never want to take um, a, a holiday really uh, when we had our business. Why? Because I'm the CEO and as I would say to Karen many times, I can't, I just can't do it. I'm the boss. Lo and behold, we sell our business and the thing's thriving. It survives perfectly fine without me. Do you know what? Your work will be fine without you. Your business will be fine without you. Your situation will be fine without you. You're not the Messiah. Neither am I. But sometimes we put ourselves up on this pedestal. Like it's, it's just all going to fall apart unless I am there. It'll be fine. Do you know what? It'll probably be better. Because everyone will just have to rise up. And do something. And, you know, there might be some chaos that you have to come back and sort out. That's okay. It's probably good too. So it's one of these things that actually having buffer and, and whether it's getting away, whether it's operating in a different way in our life, it is very, very powerful. Matthew six twenty five to 34 is that passage I was talking about, cure for anxiety. I'm not going to read the whole thing. But effectively, I'll summarize it in a few words. It says, do not worry. God has everything under control. That he'll look after the birds. How much more will he look after you? So do not worry. Do not fret. Do not stress. Do not worry about tomorrow because today has enough cares of its own. And sometimes we're so... And it's, it's not saying don't plan for tomorrow. It's saying don't worry about tomorrow. There's a difference. Because worrying puts us into a state of fear. But planning puts us into a state where we're actually believing and planning and strategizing. They're two totally different things. And so do not worry about tomorrow. A title cure for anxiety, I believe, is make sure we stay in faith. Make sure we're putting in place things in our life like buffer, like rest, like peace, like worship, like prayer, like good people, getting rid of toxicity, negativity, all this stuff. Just get it out of your life because it will cause stress on you. It will cause sickness. It is not good. And that's not even a spiritual thing. You, you can look at all sorts of different research that shows that. Here's another thing that research shows that people who get stuck in a negative mindset or thought patterns and struggle to shift their thinking can suffer a lot of mental health issues. This is, is like being bogged in the mud. When we struggle to shift our thinking from where we are currently to in a new place, this often causes anxiety 
and depression and stress and, and all of those other things that follow from that. Trying to get out of that mindset. Sometimes, you know, it might be like screaming, just get me out of my own head. I've talked to people where it's like that. It's just like, get me out of here. And so sometimes it can be a real battle. I want to tell you, if you go for a half hour power walk and sweat, it's going to be very difficult to have those same thoughts. Try it. Try it. I've done this at times when I've wanted to go to Hungry Jack's for that large burger. And we're, yeah, I haven't done that for years. But, you know, when you're just tempted to drive there, I just need a Red Bull. That, that was another one of mine. <laughs> and you've all got your own. You know, I know you have. Because we've all got things we go to. Who knows what it is. But some of these things, we've just got to recognize and, and call them out for what they are. But it's very, very difficult if you push your body physically and get that much good oxygen into your lungs and get your blood flowing and get some exercise and begin sweating, it's very, very difficult to remain so negative. Try it. I did yesterday. I did one hour and, I mean, the, just the sun and the oxygen and the sweat and everything. I forgot what I was even stressed about. It's a powerful thing. And God's given that to every single human being. And you don't need a ticket. You don't need $30. You don't need a membership. You don't need anything. He's given it to you for free. I know it's a big bang on exercise, but I want to tell you it's powerful. It's powerful. If you struggle with some of this stuff mentally, try it. It is very, very powerful to shift out of that mindset. So we've got things that we can do right now, right now, today, in the next you know, few hours. We can take some steps to live in peace actively. Fight for your peace. Don't let the enemy rob your peace. Because if he robs your peace, probably what's going to happen is he'll rob your friend's peace as well. Because some of you will rub off on them. And then it's going to get a little bit contagious. And so before you know it, you've got 10 people who have all been stolen their peace that they should have had. Why? Just because of some stupid thing that you said or did because you weren't feeling so good. So to carry peace, remember, he is the prince of peace. So our message should be peace. So to actively pursue peace is a godly thing. And so when, when someone comes up with a negative or toxic thing to say, just give them a love slap. You don't even physically have to do it. Just just, just be bigger than them. Be bigger than them. We don't talk like that around here. We don't act like that around here. I'm sorry, I can't listen to that. I don't need that poison. You can drink it somewhere else if you like, but I don't drink. And so this is powerful, powerful things. And I give you permission. If you hear someone talking negatively or toxically, here's a great thing from a business consultant. His name, Christian guy, Ford Taylor is his name. He says that gossip is worse in the church than in the marketplace. Much, much worse in the church than in the marketplace. And he does consulting all over the world, in churches, in Christian organizations, and in the marketplace. Now, I sat there, and my analytical brain went, really? Really? I'd love to do statistics on that and just see if that were the case. But look, I'm going to take his word for it for my point today. And, uh, and I think there might be something in that. But you can go and do some research if you want to. But here's the thing, even if it's just as bad, that is shocking. We should be ashamed as believers that we would allow gossip and slander and these sorts of things in our communities. I give you permission. Tell the person to shut up if they start gossiping about someone else. I give you permission. Because 
You might say, you don't need permission. That's okay. You don't need permission. Do it, please. Please. We don't need it in our community. It's not uplifting. It's not building up. Anyway, what Ford Taylor says is if you are not part of the problem, if you are not part of the solution and you're talking about it, then it's gossip. And if you're not willing to go to that person directly, this is what he says. You'll learn this at Transformational Leadership when we have the seminar next year. If you're not willing to go to that person one-on-one and directly just state, state the facts and your issue, then you are gossiping. And what you should do is go straight to them. This is biblical. Go straight to them and tell them the issue. If you don't, you are the one with a problem, not the person. And you'll probably carry it around and carry a lack of peace for a while because you may have dealt with it wrongly. And so this is a really big issue for us as believers. And I praise God that so many have got this and and we carry a positive spirit in this house. But hey, let's go for even more. Let's go for even more because it is powerful. And we don't want to rob anyone else's peace. He he takes it one step further that, that I find challenging. He says so much so that that uh, if, you, if you actually find you're in a situation like that, then you, you uh, let, let's say we actually, as a, as a community, we hear someone operating like that and gossiping them, and we go to them, and, and we actually say to them, listen, I'm going to give you 24 hours to go directly to that person and deal with it. And in 24 hours, I want you to ring me or text me and just make sure that you've actually done that. And if you don't do that, then you're the one that's going to be held accountable. I mean, this is big stuff. But he does this all over the world in Walmart, Chick-fil-A, and all these different places. He's teaching their management on how to operate in kingdom principles. And it's changing environments. It's changing businesses. It's changing marketplace businesses. How much more than us as kingdom people should we be operating in this stuff? It's a challenge, but it's a fight to keep peace. It's a fight to keep peace. And so we as believers, we want to fight to keep peace in us, don't we? I mean, when you look at quotes on peace, it'll come up with 30,000 uh, Hindus and Dalai Lamas and Buddhas and all, all these different guys talking on peace. They've just taken it from Scripture. They've just taken it from Scripture. It sounds, you know, maybe a little more acceptable to the world if you're wearing a monk's robe and, you know, you talk quietly and all this sort of stuff. But ultimately, it's just biblical truth. The Prince of Peace lives inside of us. The Prince of Peace lives inside of us. We carry him. We want to represent him well. So we want to operate in peace, no matter which direction we are. And maybe some of you are facing stuff where you might need to apply some of this stuff. Start putting buffer in your lives. I want to give you that practical bit of advice. Start putting buffer. And if it's finances, start planning ways where you can have some buffer so that finances aren't a stress anymore. Or maybe it's relationally or your energy-wise or things where you just get drained and drained and drained. Put in buffer. Seek first his kingdom. This is the rest of that chapter in Matthew chapter 6. Seek first his kingdom and all these things will be added. So sometimes we spend all our time stressing and worrying about all sorts of other things and he wants us to seek his kingdom. His kingdom. His kingdom. And so that's what we go for and that's what we want to grow in.